This is the EWN Podcast Network. When life and business is chaotic, it is hard to see the beauty that comes from it. But I'm here to tell you, you are not alone. I am your host, Ashley Stone, and I am your chaos coordinator. I believe there's always a message in the mess we can experience in our personal lives and in business. So join me on the journey of running multiple businesses, self-caring it up, and designing a life for my family. This won't be just my story. It will be the many stories of remarkable women that have inspired me and will inspire you to discover the beauty behind the chaos. Hey beauties, my name is Ashley Stone and I am the host of Beauty Behind Chaos and we are here in another chaotic week. This is, we are in 2023, kicking things off and uh, sharing all the things. I'm so excited because today I have a guest with me and we are going to dig into all kinds of things, I am sure. Welcome to the podcast, Ingrid. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And good morning. And hello, chaotic people out there. Yes, and depending on what time you're listening to this, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. (laughs) It's all the same to me. It's all the same. The days just kind of blend. I don't even know what day it is half the time. So I am here with Ingrid. Ingrid, you want to give yourself a formal introduction? Who are you? What are the things that you do? My name is Ingrid Fioroni, and first and foremost, I am a wife and a mother of eight. So let's just get that part I, out of the way. <laughs> I can't. Oh, we're going to touch on that. I'm an entrepreneur in the in the in the work of life. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, right now, currently, I am the owner of the Athletic Cafe located in Keller, Texas, beautiful Keller, Texas, um, along with my uh, partner, who is also one of my best friends from high school. Um, so we go back to uh, the graduating class of 1989. Big shout out to Jody. <laughs> um and um we opened up a cafe here uh just a few months ago it feels like a long longer than it is it <laughs> when you're when you're in it it feels know, like exactly. eternity it's at the end of august actually of 2022 so um we're kind of in the very beginning stages of it but that's that's uh one of my current titles right now cafe owner cafe owner <laughs> that's awesome and so like i feel like when you're an entrepreneur when people are like well what do you do and i'm like an entrepreneur just kind of sums it up, right? Like we're always yeah. kind of creating, getting involved in new things. And uh, and I don't know, entrepreneurism is just, it's all the things. You're yeah. just doing a little bit of everything. So sometimes it's kind of it's hard, to, hard to explain what we do. Yeah. Um, but we actually met before you opened the cafe. Yeah, we did. I think. I don't even remember exactly how we met, but I'm sure it was. 2020. I'll tell you, it was 2020 when everyone was shut down and I saw you posting oh about gosh, your mobile yes. business and I was like, social media is this girl? <laughs> like, you know, everyone was because my brain works that way. Like, OK, the world is shutting down, but that doesn't mean I have to shut down. Yes. Right. And so um, I zoned in because you were one of the few people that I saw actually uh, trying to rebuild in the middle of a pandemic. Oh, my gosh. And so yeah. That was already on my brain personally. Yeah. So I was like, okay, let me surround myself with like-minded individuals right now. You know, I'm going to be following them, getting to know them. Um, And so that's actually how we met. You know what? Now that you say that, I remember the first phone call that we had and we talked for like an hour. It's supposed to be just like a quick, like connecting real quick. And we talked about so many things in that one phone call. And that's when I was also like, same thing. I was kind of trying to meet new people. And then it totally stood out that your brain was similar to mine in the sense that you know, you just kind of jump in, you love people, and you just kind of like try new mm-hmm. things. Like mm-hmm. you're down to pivot, you're down to, you know, so I think with the pandemic, 
you had to be in that mindset if you were going to survive through what was happening, right? Yeah. Pandemic, I think pandemic really showed us um, like who the leaders were. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like leaders grew. Mm, Absolutely. In the pandemic, that's for sure. You know, and so I was all over that. I was all about that. Just, uh, you know, at home, we had parents that became teachers. Yeah. You know, I failed at that. Um, however, <laughs> I was not. I, I, I was not I, good I at that either. Was, and that that was <laughs> not one of them. So it just well, girl, you have eight eight kids, know, but your kids are the teachers. <laughs> yes, but your kids are are also big, right? Yeah, were they well, yeah. were they in school? Did you have some in I school? Had some in school. I we actually had a few in school. We, we I only had, I think, two completely out of school at that time. One, I think, just graduating. It's like hard to keep track when you got eight kids. She's 26 right now. So she was graduating from SDSU. Um, So no, maybe I think she had just graduated. I definitely had a 2020 high school graduate. So that was interesting. I fell into that that role, right? Where everyone was like. That was so sad. You know, the 2020s. But you know what, though? I didn't find anything sad about it. Like my my daughter almost went down that role. Yeah. she, She was almost like. Oh, what am I going to do? But I always like my whole mentality is just don't follow the crowd. Mm. So her mentality was kind of getting sucked into everyone else thinking this yeah. is so bad. What are we going to do? And and sometimes even parents being like, oh, my God, I feel so bad for my yeah. kid. I feel so bad. You know, and I'm like, why? You know, mm. I mean? like what? Let's just turn it around. And make this a positive. Yeah. So, well, it's definitely going to be memorable. Totally. <laughs> my daughter, I said, this is a positive. Like right now, this is a positive. So you get to spend more quality time at home. Yeah. You know, um, you don't have to worry about, um, you know, I mean, it, it, at that point, you're a senior. So kind of like your friends are your friends. Mm-hmm. So I said, you know, you guys get to spend so much more quality time together. That's true. That, so I just made everything a positive. Like, this is a gift. That's what I told her. This is I love gift. that. You know, so cherish the moment that you're going to have with your friends right now. Because once things just ca- once life comes back in. Yeah. And life is busy. You're not going to have this time anymore. So what a treat it was and what like a gift it was for like for her, especially a girl, yeah. you know, being a senior, having the time to figure out what college do you really want to go to? You know, what friendships do you want to cultivate? Like you guys have time right now. You have I love time. that perspective. <laughs> and that's yeah. so true. I mean, and it was true. I feel like in business, that was kind of that's what, what my perspective was, was just like, wow, I have room to breathe mm-hmm. and then kind of navigate this. And as I rebuild, I can kind of rebuild with more intention totally. because I was building a company that was like on rapid fire growth and I had never experienced that type of growth. So I had all kinds of pain points along the way and growing pains. And I was really super burnt out before the pandemic hit. So at first I kind of welcomed it and I was like, oh gosh, yes, okay, here's a break. And then I was like, oh crap, this is going to go on for too long. And what do we do now? And it just gave us that time to really assess what's important in life. And like you said, cultivate those relationships, but then also have the space to start making some decisions and making moves. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. so yeah, that's what it was about for a lot of people. I just feel like, especially with kids, I mean, and from, from my, my senior, you know, girl, I, then I had a junior, I want to say, and then I had a seventh or eighth grader because it's all a blur right now. <laughs> and then I had two year old twins. What? Yes. In school. Like, so they were in first grade, two year old twins. So oh my, my twins gosh. Were getting in the first grade. So I had all of those little people at home and everyone. Gosh, I thought my eight-year gap with my kids was a huge gap. Yeah, everything. And then I was self-employed. Yeah. So my business at that time, I was doing fitness meals and gyms in San Diego and was newer to Texas. So we were just growing that part of the business in Texas. So, you know, our income was really still from California. And that was supporting our growth here. And all of a sudden, that was shut down. 
Yeah. So it was like, <clears throat> okay, let's just, you know, let's everyone calm down. Everyone said, but I've been an entrepreneur since I was 24 years old. Mm. I was a single mom when I was 30, 31 with five children. So the pandemic was kind of like a piece of cake for me. Right. Do you know what I mean? It was yep. like, I've been through heavier stuff than this. So we're right. just going to, I learned to pivot really early on. And I'm super happy that my kids learned to pivot very early on, especially my first five, because they they were raised by primarily for, for a few years, a single mom of five. Mm. And I was young. Like right. 31, I think, probably. Maybe I was 32. How old then. were you when you had your first? I was 21 when I had my first. Okay, Very same. Mm-hmm. Oh, same. Yeah. yeah. Okay. By the time I was 24, I had three. Wow. So, um, you know, so I was just having kids. And by the time I was 24, that was also the decision where I made to be an entrepreneur. I okay. know I stopped working for someone at 24 years old. So we'll jump around a little bit because it was that 24-year-old girl that had a call in sick um, because my daughter... Alexis, who was a newborn, I had just gotten back um, from maternity leave and she had a fever. So I had to call in sick one day and I remember going back to work and my boss um, was like, oh, you know, we missed you yesterday. He was kind of being a little bit just kind of, you know, sarcastic. Mm-hmm. Missed you yesterday, you know, and I said, well, I have a newborn. She had a fever. So I stayed. Yeah. But, you know, I was I was young. Think of our 24 year olds. You know, they're they're young kids. Still. Right. When I look at my 24 year old and I just remember saying I was I had to stay home with my baby. And um, he's like, oh, you know, my my wife, you know, she works, she works, and we have a kid, and you know, he gets sick sometimes, and she still goes to work, and mm. I just went to do. <laughs> and I don't know what happened to me, but something snapped in my brain and my body, and I just remember looking at him on the sales floor. I was the assistant to the president. It was for a lighting company, um, but I really I love the experience because I I was able to I I saw what a small business mentality yeah. was mm-hmm. and how to work for a small business, and I just kind of looked at him and I. I stood up, literally stood up from my desk on the sales floor. It was all men. And I basically said, you know what? F you <laughs> on the nice. floor. I was like, F you. And he just stopped. Oh, like, my gosh. What? And I said, F you, you know, and, you know, I'm just being I'm being a little bit, you know, for your <laughs> oh. listeners not going all out right now. Um, and then I said, I quit. And he goes, you what? I go, I quit. I quit. I said, no one's going to tell me when I can stay home with my child. Yeah. You know, if they're sick and no one's going to make me feel bad about that. So I'm I'm done. I'm out of here. I quit. And I just remember getting into the car like, <laughs> oh, my <shit>. husband <laughs> on the way home. And um, cell phones were, that was the 90s. So, right, cell phones, I, luckily I had one because my husband worked for a cell phone store company. So oh, oh so you were so <laughs> singular. Singular, you know, and I called him. I said, I just quit my job. And my job was well at the insurance. He was actually oh. starting a little bit of a side business and entrepreneurship in cellular phones. Oh, So, because um, he worked for a little cellular retail store. And I said, I quit my job. He's like, what do you mean you quit job? He said, turn around and go back. I said, no, I'm not going back. He just told me, he just made me feel bad for staying home, you know, with the baby because she right. was sick. And um, so what are you going to do? I said, I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm just, you know, he wasn't very supportive, which was the beginning of the end of our marriage is what I looked at mm-hmm. because he wasn't very supportive. I'm sure it was a scary time too, but we had three kids. I was the one carrying the insurance because I worked, you know, for a business and he was just starting entrepreneurship. Right. So, um, but I just said, um, like, I'm, I'm done. I'm done. And everything that flashed back to me was I was raised by a single mom, too. Mm. I was a latchkey kid, if anyone knows what that is. Oh, yeah. Do you know what that is? Yep, wear sure the, do. Wear the key around your, your neck. Yes. You come home by yourself because there's no parents home because they're working and you have to let yourself in. And 
feed yourself and all that stuff. Yeah, so. that was us growing up. My mom, same thing. It was single mom and worked all the time. All the time. Mm-hmm. My mom had like two jobs. At one time she had three jobs. Yep. You know, same. so I was, I was like not, there was no way that I was going to miss out or have someone tell me that I couldn't spend time with my kids. Right. It just was that like PTSD mentality that came back that mm-hmm. was someone telling me like, trying to make me feel bad for staying home with my I kind of have that same that same kind of thing it's like I can't be told what to do like yeah. not at all like this is what my I'm I'm like the creator of my life I'm the one that can decide on what happens here right. and right. so it was always like I, and everyone would tell me like maybe you shouldn't work for someone and I'm yeah, like no, well then know. maybe I won't I didn't know I shouldn't work for someone <laughs> yeah. until that happened and it was very I mean to get married at 20 and I think it was when I had my first daughter so my first child, that was Ashley, Ashley Nicole, mm-hmm. like her name. Um, I just remember when I became a parent so young, like even before marriage, like she was my everything. Being yeah. a mom was my everything, right? So I just knew that I was so young and my my friends were just graduating from high school. Yeah. You know, and they were still in college and partying. My brain was not there. I just wanted to make money. Yeah. You know, I wanted to have a job. I wanted to give my daughter the best. That mentality was already there. I never thought about working for myself because I didn't know it existed. Right. Like entrepreneurship was not talked about back then. You know what? It really wasn't. I think I I struggled with that for like probably like the first 15 years being in entrepreneurship because it's not the thing. No, it's not at all. It's like it's pretty amazing now being where I am and just the amount of women I've connected with and even doing this podcast. Yeah. It's like having these conversations weren't a thing. So you no. just didn't have that support. No. You didn't have that viewpoint. People didn't take you seriously. Totally. Yeah, it's, that was, it was not a believable. It was not in anything. Oh, 100%. It was not a believable idea. I was also in the beauty industry. <laughs> so like, girl, I was a hairstylist. So even more so, I mean, you have a chip on your shoulder because it's like, oh, you just do hair. Exactly. Like, yeah. Exactly. So that was exactly. even like, it was a double-edged sword for me. Yeah. In that, and in I believe part. in any industry, as I told my kids, there in any industry you can make you can make a corporation out of and your own corp be, be the boss of your own corporation out yeah. of any industry. You work at McDonald's, get those skills. Learn mm-hmm. how to run a small business, a small cafe, you know, build something of your own, learn how to make burgers, learn how the process of buying inventory, bringing it in, bringing it out, learn a cash register system. There's value learn in everything, everything too. Yeah. Everything. Every job is an experience. So yeah. like I taught my kids that. No matter what you do, I don't care. Like what you don't care if you wash cars. Everything is, you know, you're at the end of the day, you're working for somebody else that's built a business who's making money. Mm-hmm. So learn. Right. Learn, learn from everything. I sent my son to um, his first job. He actually worked in a senior care okay. place yeah. and he had never had experience with older people okay. and he never, you, you have to learn patience. I mean, there's so many skill sets that when he was put into that setting that he was able to kind of like learn and build upon sure. in that setting. So I was like, you can come and work for me eventually, but you need to go work for someone else first. Right, right. You have to have that experience of mm-hmm. punching in somewhere, their rules, that accountability. It's very different when you're working in your family business. Yeah. And so I wanted him to have that experience. And we actually were just talking about that um, recently. And he was saying that he was like, I'm so glad I did that because it just kind of gave him perspective right. and then just a different kind of responsibility. And then just a different when you're working with people. I mean, that's a huge thing to also like really learn and and kind of build upon over time because it takes time when you're working with different people different you know kinds of personalities and how how to navigate situations and because that's life yeah and collaborate 100 personalities different situations is life yeah for sure so but yeah so that's that so entrepreneurship started for me back in the so what was it that you did what did you what did you go into first so i was always really good at um like 
being aware of my surroundings and kind of watching what people did. Um, I always knew I didn't want to be a doctor because, or anything that had to do with that because I don't like blood. And yeah. I don't like it with my kids. Like, you know what I mean? You, you hurt yourself. It makes me weak. I can't yeah, do it. Like, can't do it. Just, <laughs> please, I don't want you to choose a band-aid. Oh, right. Um, so I knew kind of things. I wasn't not, I just knew my limited. I wasn't good with numbers. You know, I did not like math. I wasn't, I, I, college wasn't my thing, but we also couldn't afford it when I graduated. Yeah. So, it was kind of like, I just kind of felt like I needed to work. So I had gotten into customer service. So I'd always work for somebody. So at the time, my husband just starting into a little bit of what we call now entrepreneurship. He was working for a cellular uh, store, mm-hmm. like where you go get your cellular stores, right? Yeah. And um, he met somebody there that um, that had like an abundance of cigarette uh, cord adapter, like the chargers. That oh, yeah. In. Like yeah. this is way back, right? And some guy had come in there and um, had this big box of all these like new package stuff and wanted to sell it to the store. And the store manager was like, oh, no, we don't take that stuff. That's old. That's like for your flip phones. You know, mm. then they were moving on. And at that time, cellular is like how it is today. Like every year there's a new model. Yeah, right. right? right. So like new new plugins and things like that, they change. A tiny little thing will change. So it's obsolete now. Right. Like this may not work on your iPhone. Mm-hmm. It may work on one model, but not the new model. Right. So now you have all these accessories that don't work for the new model. So they're like junk in, in a sense to a lot of people. So this guy came in, um, had something like that. And um, the manager didn't, you know, and whatever, didn't didn't uh, have need for it in store. And um, and my husband at the time said, uh, oh, you know, the guy offered it to him. He's like, I don't know, do you, do you want that stuff? You know, and and he asked the managers, all right, if I, I buy this, you know, I'm maybe like sell some of my brothers or, or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, just do whatever with it. He wasn't thinking big either. And um, manager was like, hey, go ahead, I don't care. You know, go ahead and get it. So um, he had taken this big box, this big lot of, of all these uh, new accessories and um, kind of sold it to to an old high school friend of his, too, who ended up selling it to someone. Mm-hmm, <laughs> like they, yeah. Basically, we became brokers without knowing that they were brokers. Yeah, for sure. So what had happened was a friend of this friend of his sold it to someone in Florida. So we were in Chicago at the time, sold it to somebody in Florida who ended up selling this big lot of stuff to somebody in South America because what was obsolete oh, here wow. was yeah. new there. Was new there. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. So it was kind of like he stumbled on that, right? Yeah. So that was where he was starting this little entrepreneurship path and um, while well, I was still working for the business. So he was probably six months into this and started making really good money because that same guy that had had all this equipment um, – was was kind of like a scrapper. So what you knew it as they they were known as scrappers. They were people that went to big corporations, and when things needed to be scrapped, they would, it wasn't like the junkyard people. They would come. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, like that's for everything, completely like one man's trash is another man's that's treasure exactly story exactly for it. sure. Yeah. yeah. So that that's kind of like how this little thing started happening. And um, so so we were doing well. You know, I had my job, and he was making good money for. We were young in our twenties, right? Mm-hmm. And we had kids, so we were making good money. Um, and, um, and so then what happened was when I quit this job and he asked me, what are you going to do now? And I said, oh, I don't know. I said, I think you want to do maybe what you're doing, you know, cause I saw what he was doing and I saw how he was doing it. And in my brain, I always thought, oh, I could probably tweak that. Right. I never said anything. And then he said, he said the one thing to me that probably was, and he'll say this to this day was the beginning of the end of our marriage. Um, he said, uh, what do you mean you're going to do what I'm doing? He says, whatever you do, because you can't use any of my money. Oh. Yeah. So those were the words. Oh. That was when I knew at that point, like 24, maybe gone 25, three kids. We've been married, I don't know, four years, maybe gone five. 
And when he said, and he will say it now, that was, I remember that point yeah. when I said that. Well, yeah. I tell my kids, right? I told your mom. Mm-hmm. And it my money. He goes, I knew that I, I screwed up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? And I still remember to this day, whatever, we're like 20 something, almost 30 years later, and I'll still remember that. And I was like, wow, that's where my plan B, that single mom mentality, that yeah. everything that my mom kicked in through, like, wow, like I may have to have this mentality of like, I, I better know how to do stuff for myself. On my own. Yeah, no for sure. What. Even though, I mean, he's a great family and I, you know, we, I didn't think we were going to get divorced, but at the same time, it all hit me that I better, I better learn how to stand on my own two feet. Yeah. Yeah. I thought when I got married, that was great. I married into like a really great family and I loved my in-laws. I still love them to this day. Um, but I, I thought I was like getting out of that, you know, being raised by a single mom and all of a sudden I had this, you know, great new life and married this great guy and we were a family and we had all these kids, wife and friends. Um, but when he said that, I was like, it just reverted me back to, wow, like I've been learn to do things on my own. I'm not, and this is from my own experience and my own view. I, I'm not going to depend on anyone yeah. else, whether it be a man, a parent, anyone to, to pay my way in life, yeah. you know, or to, or to, you know guide me on whatever path it's not going to be attached to somebody i'm gonna have to do this on my own right i better start thinking this way now so that's what i did so i just was like okay yeah don't worry i'm not going to use your money and so um quick thing happened and it was pretty cool um i it was a thursday i'll never forget it it was a thursday um friday i went to this little old barn very much kind of like a keller little town there's a barn and they had these little offices for rent and it was right down the street from my house. And I remember going to this little bar and there was a lady downstairs. And I said, how much are your offices for rent? And she said, oh, $200 a month. I'm like, oh, you know, at that time, I'm like, oh, shoot, that's a, that's a good deal. I know. <laughs> Back time, then, I know. <laughs> but you don't have a job. Oh, know? yes. I remember the first place I rented. And same thing. I was like, Ooh. entrepreneurship <laughs> is taking a chance even when you don't have money. Oh, 100%. That's what it is. Take I feel like you're always taking a chance when you don't oh, have money. <laughs> yeah. You just do it. It's like and part of it. Thing, you believe in yourself. Yeah. First and foremost, believe in yourself. And that's, that's, your, that's your loan. That's your bank. You're, you're oh my gosh, I love that. You know that's I mean? your currency, right? That's it. That it's so if you don't believe in yourself, you've got nothing. So yep. start there. Start there. You know. So I I went in and she's like two hundred dollars, and I was like okay. And then I also believed in transparency. So I said to her, I said, okay, look, I said I just quit my job yesterday. Um, my husband is super non-supportive. I don't really know what I'm going to do. I have no money, no experience. However, I said I'm thinking <laughs> that um, he does this, and I'm thinking I could do it a little bit better. So. If I could just rent your office month to month, she wanted six months at a time. Like, okay. So I just rent your office month to month. And I swear, if somebody comes in and they just want to lease it, I'm fine to like move out. Would you do that? And she was like, yes, you go, girl. She's I love like, that. You know, she's like, oh, I just can't believe you didn't believe in you. She's like, yes, you can sign up month to month. No problem. Like, she was all team woman you know? see and that's kind of the thing it's like sometimes you just have to be creative in how you approach it but sometimes yeah. your whole like spirit and what you exude when you yeah. go and have that conversation <laughs> people are like oh my gosh okay girl like yeah. you're gonna do something just because of your tenacity to just say you're yeah. gonna do it yeah. you know what i mean she's on board. She, and that's what i need i just needed someone to help me yeah i need someone to believe in me to that point absolutely and, and that was it and it was good for her because I said, I'll pay you 200 bucks. And like, if someone comes in, at least. And she's got nothing to lose. And that's kind of the idea when you are negotiating anything or even trying to attempt to do anything in entrepreneurship, you got to have that. Yeah. You got to have that skill set of just being open-minded and just kind of being being creative, but make it where it's a benefit for everybody where it's like, you know, you're getting the space, but like they have an empty space that's just sitting anyway. So how do we, how do we make this like valuable for you? 
hundred percent. You know, you've got to also align yourself with people that are open-minded Yeah, because, you know, it's, it's not going to work. I think a lot of entrepreneurs, I love that you shared that story because I think a lot of people don't realize those stories are a part of, I think everybody's like kind of success ladder uh, in entrepreneurship because I have that same, and I have multiple stories I could share in that sense of that, like that one person that believed and took a chance. I have like many of those moments, but it was the same thing with a space. And to this day, he was my first landlord. To this day, we're still friends on Facebook. And I mean, I've reached out for advice in real estate because he's like a brilliant commercial real estate person. But he was 26 at the time and I was 23. And he owned the building. And I was so impressed by that. And I was 23 and it was like, it was in the hood. And it was like, you know, but my first one, it's what I could afford. And at the same time, I was still kind of short on some things. And I was so scared to commit to a five-year lease that I went back and I was like, hey, like, what about this? Exactly. And like, this is where I am. I have a clientele. They're willing to follow me. Like, and he was just like, yeah. And he totally took that chance with me, but yeah. it was how you just kind of thought outside the box, right. benefited everybody right. and came in, you know, at that, at that level. So totally. So important. But, and that's what it know. takes. It just, it's, it's that defining moment and that's my defining moment, you know, mm-hmm. with her. And so, um, so she said, yes, that was great. Um, I remember going back home, grabbing my credit card. Um, and uh, because at that time also, I realized that we had joint everything. So when he had said, like, my money, I realized, oh, gosh, we have all these, like, we have, like, our joint account, our house is joint, you know, we, right. we had, like, stuff and it was joint and nothing was really mine, you know, mm-hmm. so it, it really did change my mentality right then and there. And so I remember taking my, my own credit card and, um, like, buying from Office Max, like, you know, on the web, a chair, a desk, a fax machine, a phone, mm-hmm. <laughs> and a little filing cabinet. I think I wrote up my line of credit, whatever I had, a thousand dollars on that. Card. The official shopping yes. list for your <laughs> for your new business. Yeah, it was delivered by like Monday, and I remember he was so mad at me. He was like, "I can't believe that you just spent two hundred dollars and you just like put all this money on your credit card, and you know how are you going to do like, this?" It's my credit. Yeah. And I was like, "It's my credit." He's like, "You have no income." You know, basically that's how he looked at it. You have no yeah. income. And so I just remember getting everything delivered like on Monday, and he said to me. I'm never going to go to that office, you know, just so you know, like he was so non-believable, like no yeah. many. So I was like, fine, it's like, no, whatever. So I just remember being in this little office in a barn because that's, that was the structure of this building down the street from my house. So, so it was nice, that bar and, um, getting all my stuff delivered. Just be careful on the table. It's loud. <laughs> You're getting all my stuff. Um, getting all my stuff delivered. It's sound like it's thundering in the, it's in the studio. She's she's talking with her hands, guys. Yeah, I gotta I gotta man. simmer down her hands. <laughs> talking about the ex husband. Um, so, <laughs> like um, it sounds like thunder on the mic. <laughs> so I just remember like watching Office Depot come and like bring the stuff, and um, then I just sat there like once it was set up, I just sat in my like, chair. Shit, what am I gonna do? That's exactly what I thought. Monday afternoon, like yeah. four or five o'clock. What did I just do? I was like, shit. I'm like, now what am I gonna do? You know. Mm-hmm. So I remember calling my friend. This is where I just kind of sat back and I was like, think, think, right? So I remember I couldn't get any help from my husband, even though he was kind of in this industry. So I remember calling a friend of mine, um, from like from high school. He was he was at a different high school, but we were friends when I was in high school. And I never really knew what his dad did. I just knew that he worked for his dad's company and had something to do with cellular. Mm. So I remember calling him and saying, hey, I just did this. And, you know, we were all still young and he's working in his dad's company. 
I said, I don't really know, like, because we just parked in high school, you know, I'm like, I don't really know what you're doing for a living or what your dad ever really did, but I'm in the cellular industry now and I really <laughs> need some guidance. So I'm like, what do I do? Like, what do you do? Yeah. <laughs> you know? And he goes, wow. And because and he's because I told him a little bit about that, you know, how my husband was making money with this wholesale yeah. and kind of like selling kind of like, you know, this old product that's new territories and whatever. And he said, well, he goes, we don't really do wholesale. He goes, my dad manufactures um, antennas for Motorola. He's an OEM, an, an original oh, equipment okay. manufacturer. That's when I learned the terminology. OEM. OEM. Yeah. An original equipment manufacturer. I never knew what that said Still for. I remember it to this day. He's like, he's an OEM. Like what is? Because there's like an OEM number, right, on the on the products. Well, I don't even know, but I just yeah. knew that an, the OEM was the original equipment manufacturer, and so yeah. he was an OEM for Motorola for antennas for the flip phones. So Gosh. it wasn't wholesale; they were an actual manufacturing plant. Right? Yeah. So he said, "But I'm going to do this for you." He goes, "I'm going to overnight you um, the cellular catalog." It was like a bible of cellular. He says, "Everyone advertises on it. Um, people are always." doing their ads like a magazine you know mm-hmm. a trade magazine basically with your cellular he goes right. i'm gonna send it to you that might help you great so um he overnighted it to me just like he said he would i got it the next day and i literally studied it like like a studying you know like this trade magazine i'm like reading all these fascinating things about cellular and then on the bag you get all these classified stuff like looking for old cellular phones looking for you know refurbished and i started oh yeah all these terminologies refurbished and Oh, yeah, the batteries and the time. And I was like, wow, this is so cool. So that was by Tuesday. I mean, I had just quit my job the Thursday before. Right. By like Wednesday, Thursday, I was home with the kids in the kitchen. And my husband gets a phone call. He's walking around. He's talking to this other young, young kid is how I look at it. We're all kids. We're in our 20s. This young kid, his friend that he was selling that other product for, you know, in his own little business he was doing. And they were talking about, uh, a battery, a battery for a flip phone. And I was hearing his conversation and I asked him, um, he was like, oh, I would be so great to get that deal. You know, somebody's looking for this battery. I wonder who's going to get that deal. And I asked him, I said, what deal are you talking about? And um, my husband kind of puts the phone down. And he goes, nothing, nothing that you would know anything about. His friend says to him, was that angry? What is she, is she asking about cellular? Since when was she in cellular? And my husband has said, she's not. (laughs) And I said to him, I go, no, really, tell me about it. What is it that you guys are looking for? What's this deal in the industry? (laughs) I I didn't know the industry yet. (laughs) This industry that you are now in. (laughs) And so um, he says, so my husband says, oh, he goes, there's just somebody, you know, um, that is looking for 30,000 aftermarket battery so that's another terminology aftermarket Mm. right not the original but an aftermarket aftermarket batteries and um so no one can get the deal because either their quotes are coming in too high or the products or the quotes will come in cheap but the the product's cheap and i was like oh i might be able to help you with that and he's like what do you mean so he got the guy on speakerphone now his name is nick like is it in the catalog (laughs) yes and so uh because i studied this catalog right oh my gosh and um that is such a god thing right there girl he said um i said i think i know someone that manufactures batteries aftermarket batteries um i said and i i probably can get you a sample if you want right so they're like get us a sample (laughs) you know fine get us a sample i mean they they were like small yeah small small fish and like this big pool of just talking about this miracle deal that was 
out there in the industry. Yeah, like yeah, the, yeah. The big boys were playing. Like, right, right. Right. These guys were little, little fish. And I said, okay, you know, I'll get you a sample. So what had happened was at the back of the catalog, somebody was advertising that they made aftermarket batteries for all kinds. Of, and they were in Brooklyn. Mm. And I'm from New York originally. So I was born in New York. Thank you that. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, I had connected with this guy, Sammy. I'll never forget him. He did. He 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 was another, you know, guy that believed in me. I love these are all just like these one-offs. Like Sammy, Sammy I, from the block. Like Sammy from Brooklyn. This is why it's so important building connections with people. I'm you never it. know. You I'm could yes, you yes, never know who did. you could just give a phone call to and be like, hey, Sammy, Sammy from the block. From the block. <laughs> you know, I called him and I didn't know that I was talking to the owner's son. Okay. Sammy, right? So, because I had called him from the catalog just to ask what they do. And he goes, oh, yeah, we manufacture, you know, batteries and antennas. We had a little factory here in Brooklyn and, you mm-hmm. know, whatever. So, I didn't know he was the owner's son yet. So, when I called him the next day, I said, hey, Sammy. I said, this is so-and-so, you know. I said, you know, I'm looking for this aftermarket battery for whatever, the flip phone, literal flip phone. I still didn't even know what I was talking about. And I said, and I just noticed that in your catalog that you guys make batteries. Do you guys make that? Which was the most common mm-hmm. phone, actually. He's like, yeah, we make that. And now we it all day long. And I said, okay. I said, would you mind like, giving me a sample? Like, do we have to pay for that? I didn't even know how things work. Usually yeah. you get a sample, like, it's free. You know, yeah. people are like, they, they want to give you samples. He's like, oh, no, you don't have to pay for that. He goes, just give me your address. I'm going to send you stuff. And I was like, wow, I'm getting like free product. Like, this is so cool. Like, someone's actually sending me a sample, right? So anyway, he sent me a sample. He said, I'll send you, how many do you need? 10, 15, 20? I was like, oh my God. Oh, jeez. Because like, back then it was like cellular batteries yeah. in general were like $50. But he was like aftermarket. So he right. was a manufacturer. So I was like, oh, I only need like two, you know? And he's like, no, I'll, get, I'll send you like 10. 10 good enough? I go, yeah. So he sent it to my little office, um, overnighted <laughs> it. And I just gave them to my husband. I said, here you go. I said, here's the batteries, you know, and just see what you do. So here's what happened here. It played really fast. So he gets these batteries. He sends them to his friend Mick in California because we're in Chicago. So Mick is the guy in California. That's who he was doing these little broker deals. Yeah. Right? The guy Mick in California sent it to whoever was looking for it in Miami. Mm. The guy in Miami was the main broker who was buying for a company in Venezuela. Mm. That's how it was all working, right? Yeah. Every, and he had already gotten a ton of samples from different people, but some worked, some didn't. The ones that worked were too expensive for him mm. to resell it to Venezuela. So what happened was he sent the batteries to Mick in California. California sent it to this guy, you know, in Venezuela. And I just kind of sat back and still twiddled in my office. You know, <laughs> just trying to learn. Reading my catalog. Back, back to the catalog. Like, we'll see what happens with this. And all the time, right? Yeah. And, um, it happened pretty quickly. Like he, this guy called the guy in California, the guy in California called my husband and said, okay, yeah, hey, this battery is pretty good. Like this works really good. We've seen good batteries aftermarket, right? Mm. They didn't want original, they wanted aftermarket because of the price. But what's the price? They're like, we need to buy, that guy in Florida needed to buy it for like 950. Okay. Right. He was turning it around and selling it for like 20. By the way, they needed 3000 batteries. Mm. Okay. So um, I was like, um, so no, it was 5,000 batteries, actually. So you guys, ha- I don't know the markup on batteries, but I'm just doing my own guesstimate on like how the way products work. There's so you need to get it for like a quarter of that or. I mean, to make money. Yeah, to make and, money. And the quick money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Broker deal. We're talking yeah. back then, too. Well, plus, too, if they're buying it wholesale, that that markup is a little bit different um, yeah, as well. Yeah, so. cheap wholesale. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And around. And then there's, you know, exporting costs, this and that. And then they're ultimately, they were ultimately selling it to a chain of cellular stores yeah. in Venezuela. 
So, and those people, when you buy, by the time it goes to retail, a battery is going to cost oh, it's, 50, 60 bucks. Yeah, it's amazing. Cost, right. But wholesale starts real cheap, right? Yeah, yeah. So, um, so he needed to buy in Miami at like $9. So then my ex-husband and his partner say, okay, um, well, we need to buy it for, you know, seven, seven fifty, because mm-hmm. they were thinking small. They're like, they're, they're thinking 5,000 batteries, $2. Jeez, right. I was even thinking a, a better margin than that to get it. Well, it, there were so many hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? There were so many hands. So they're telling me, this is what we need to buy for, mm-hmm. right? And um, and then they were splitting that 50-50, right? Because they were so excited that the people in Miami even liked it. So how much did you get the battery for from so from, your, from Sammy, Sammy in Brooklyn? Sammy, <laughs> Sammy, said, Sammy from the block. Yeah, he did an amazing thing for me. He, I called him back and um, I said to him, listen, I said, this, um, the battery was great. Thank you so much. It works. I need to buy it for 250 Mm. Because I was gonna sell it to my husband. Oh and my god! Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, let me check the numbers. Oh my gosh, out. Ingrid! Yes. <laughs> oh my god, you totally stuck it to your husband. Yes. Oh, I love this. Okay, so, Sammy, come through. Sammy came through. He came back. That's when I found out he was the owner's son. Okay. And then he said, um, "He's like, I can't do it for that love." He goes, "But I can probably do like three seventy-five." I said. Done. I said, Sammy, now here's the thing. I said, I have no money, no <laughs> no experience in this industry. Literally, I just met you. Give me a sec while I flip this I to said, my husband. Yes. I said, I own, I quit my job last week. I literally was just telling you that. <laughs> However, I checked out the company like down there. I kind of did my due diligence in Florida. I said, listen, I'm working with this company that's going to be sending it to Venezuela. And I said, and um. They're a solid company. Like they, I learned PO. I was like, just about to say, did you do a, a PO, right? Yeah, I did a PO yeah. and I did all this stuff, right? Um, I quoted my my husband and, you know, everyone is, uh, there's so many hands, right? And, but here's the thing, shipping, I like 5,000 batteries, mm, they were heavy. Yeah. Right? And I had no warehouse. I was like in a yeah. barn. And <laughs> my ex-husband, he worked out the house. He's on a phone. Like, yeah. Like guy in LA, you yeah. know, and so. I asked him this. I said, listen, I learned all these terminologies. I said, um, I need you. I'm going to ask you for a favor. I said, I know that these guys are going to pay a certified check. Okay. I said, if you send those batteries and make, I have no money to make, to even give you to make them. Yeah. If you make them for me, (laughs) I promise you that I will pay you. I said, if you ship them directly Mm. to the people in Miami, blind ship because i had to learn all these terminologies actually he taught me that he's like you mean like blind ship i go yeah but i because i don't want them to know what's coming from you yeah yeah yeah. he's like yeah blind ship yeah yeah blind ship it's like drop shipping yeah he goes Mm -hmm. so yes he goes so you want me to make sure i take powermate was this company he's going to take all the stuff out and just put your company in um name because i had incorporated i had cds it was cellular distribution and services my that was my company and um he said i said you just put my name on it and ship it directly to them they're going to collect a certified check it's going to be fedex to me i'm telling them playing it out i'm going to deposit it in my account and as soon as i do this cashier's check i'm going to send you the money yeah (laughs) sammy please and he said to me one thing he goes ingrid he goes 
you and I have never met, which we hadn't met. He's like, but I don't know. He goes, he goes, no, he goes, but I don't know what it is. He says, but there's something about you. He goes that I can feel over the phone. I love And I know that what you're saying is true and it's going to happen. He says, so I'm going to do this for you. He legit did this to me. He said, I'm going to do this for you. He goes, but I'm going to give you a piece of advice. Don't ever do this for anybody in this industry. This industry will eat you up. Mm. This industry is that it's not it's not a good industry for a woman. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. he said, but I'm going to do it for you, but never do it for anybody. Mm. He says, but I'm going to do it for you. And it's going to end as soon as you get paid, you send me a check and whatever. And he's going to use the owner's son. Yeah. So here he is going to get all his employees to do all this stuff, make these batteries. Yeah. About. Anyway, everything played out the way it was supposed to. So it was like three something, four, whatever it was, four bucks times 5,000. What was that? I mean, like $20,000. Oh my, my gosh. Stop yeah. it. $20,000. And then all of a sudden, it's definitely not the way you want to do business. So sometimes you almost got to like do that. And then you build the relationship and the oh, yeah. trust. And, and you took and such a major risk. Yeah. Like, and nobody ever knew who he was. I never told my husband who my supplier was. Yeah. He was like, where do we get this? We're, let's be a team. Like, no, there is no team here. Mm. So that's actually what ended up happening. He ended up, my husband ended up coming one day to my office the week later, knocking on my door. He's like, hey, after he had, okay. he had never, he would never be <laughs> in my office. He just made whatever, a few thousand dollars, right? So now it elevated him into the bigger league because mm, he had that connection. Was a big, yeah, was yeah, a big yeah, player, right in Miami. He was a big player. So he now all of a sudden, like, what's going to my husband and the guy, whatever, thinking they could get him more product, right, 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 me, yeah. See what I mean? Yeah. And so, um, and you made yourself valuable, which I is made myself valuable. But yeah. I, I also did something else that I had never done. I am Spanish, a hundred percent, but my parents never taught me to speak Spanish, but mm. I was heard it. Mm. And so what happened was I realized there was a value in speaking Spanish. Mm-hmm. Like, because I saw that it was actually the Miami market that was actually oh, driving yeah. all of these cellular people. Right? Yeah. And so um, I made it a point to start kind of learning Spanish now. It came easier to me because I had always heard it. Right. But I had never spoken it. And I was right. married to an American like my kids were married. I mean, so I just never, we, we just never spoke it at home. Um, so my ex-husband ended up renting the little another little room next to me. Oh my god. And he had to start his own business corporation because I wouldn't let him work with me. Good right. Yeah. And so he had another business. And then he said, let's work together. I said, I I'm happy selling you product all day long. Right. You bring me the deals, give me a PO, pay for it. And I'm happy to like supply a certain product. Because now I had my vendor. Yeah. That he didn't know about. Yeah, and my yeah. vendor would have never gone to him anyway. Of course. No, because it's a relationship. Yeah. Of course. Um so I went to my first like Miami show. I realized that these guys were small fish, my ex-husband and his partner. Mm-hmm. And I realized that I just needed to bypass them and actually just go right to Miami. Mm-hmm. So I started going to the Miami convention. And I was like now 25, 26. I was young. I was cute. You know, and I was yeah. the only girl going to these conventions. And with how many kids at that point? And still three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, three kids. more later down the line. <laughs> and I was doing these conventions and I, that's where I was working my Spanish because I was going, I zoned in on these Miami conventions and it was all the people coming from Uruguay and mm. Colombia and Argentina. See, you did that whole observing, like part of it is one sales like sales 100 i had a conversation with mark cuban and like when he was giving me advice he was just like sales Mm -hmm. sales is like the first jump like you gotta know sales and so it's like you nailed that and then just being able to observe observe that's a huge piece to entrepreneurship is observation know your market know your market i mean and if you don't know it get to know it exactly 
And that's, I think, what happens is even people in the markets, they get comfortable mm-hmm. and they only work with who they work with or right. whatever the case may be. And so there's an advantage when you don't know stuff because you actually come into it with new, fresh eyes, yeah. different ideas, yeah. different perspectives. That's something like I feel like people don't realize or undervalue the ability to come into something brand new from a completely different perspective that you could doesn't matter if you know the industry or not it's you're just bringing this whole other yeah yeah oh 100 yeah walk in like you own your shit yeah the mentality of fake it till you make it is is, and then learn is it true Uh uh-huh 100 i mean we're sitting in a building right now that i literally like had just complete faith and just like, I don't know what I'm doing with this yet, but I know this is the path that I need to do. And I've taken risks before. So it's like, okay, so it's like a calculated risk that we have to, you know, assess Mm -hmm. and and make that judgment. But yeah, I mean, I think that's the majority of things that if you're going to do anything of impact or success, you have to kind of just jump in. Yeah. But believe in yourself. That just goes mm-hmm. right back to just believe in yourself. That currency. You, you're your own currency. Just yeah. Just remember that. You're your I own. love that. And not a lot of people have faith in themselves. So there's- Yeah. Fear, you got to start there. Fear stops. You know, it's not for everybody. Mm-mm. It's not for everyone. Some people are like, you know, I, I, like my mom will tell me, like she's been working for the airlines since I was like five and still working, you know, yeah. and she's just, you know, she likes you knowing when her paycheck's coming yeah. down every two weeks. Like she likes that. She only had two kids. Like, you know, I mean, entrepreneurship like is that. not for everyone. Mm-hmm. Some people like that structure. Yeah. Of, yeah. Yeah. And and it's like, you know, when 2020 hit, it was like I I was grateful to be an entrepreneur because I realized I started seeing all these people that had these secure jobs yeah. for corporations and had all stuff on jobs. Mm-hmm. So at least for me, I was already used to that in a way. I was used to the fact that I had to create my own job anyway. Yeah. And I knew how to do it. Yep. So that was it. And I could teach my kids that. That was create your own job. That was definitely my perspective of just like whatever's going to happen here. Like Mm -hmm. I just need you need that like moment to, again, observe, take it all in and then go, okay, I'm just going to all right, I'm going to I'm going to jump in on this and just start something. Sometimes if you wait too long, if you don't do anything, if you I'm a big believer, like, yeah, planning is good, but really all plans kind of always change, shift fall right. through whatever right. you could taught us that oh my gosh yeah mm-hmm. and so sometimes people are like well would you put a business plan together would you do this and i'm like if you're going for loans and stuff i guess but like yeah. otherwise i mean a loose based idea yeah. and you know you have to give yourself that space to be able to pivot right and not be so stuck in your way i'm like no this is how things have right. to play out and it's because it never works like it that. Never works that way. oh my gosh not at all but that's what ended up happening with my cellular business and um i ended up becoming the only um woman owner uh wholesaler in the industry I love at that. that time and i stayed in cellular for 10 years wow. basically and um i ended up buying a little place I, I you know miami was my my place that was where i knew the money was i started speaking spanish um, i bought a little place on collins avenue at south beach wow. before south beach was Look a thing <laughs> i was right down the street from versace i was actually at a convention when versace was killed Oh my god! So yeah, like in fact, we were we were at a convention. The hotel was across the street from um from the boats where um where the Andrew Kananen was um was captured. He was captured in the boats, like across, like from the hotel we were staying in. There oh was like gosh. you know helicopters and stuff and all. Kinds Girl, you have like we're we're already at forty six <laughs> minutes. My show is forty five minutes. I knew bringing you on. I'm like we are not gonna be able to cram this all into forty five minutes. 
it's kind of like I feel like uh, when you're an entrepreneur, when you do things on your own, I mean, the stories well, are. I forget about. I'm like, wow, I just remember I was there when Versace was killed. Oh my gosh, <laughs> yes. This is why I'm a big believer in documenting everything yeah. because you do. You end up doing like so many different things, yeah. and then you're just like, oh my gosh, yeah. like wow that i forgot about forgot that because that. yeah and so i'm a big believer in like documenting the journey take yeah. pictures especially now like with social media is so great because you can yes, document about people are yeah like, social media oh i don't get on facebook but again those are different mentalities like social media for me is my journal yeah you know oh I mean? my it's gosh my yes journal yeah and you know it's nice to go back sometimes two years ago i'm like i'm not friends with that one anymore so i'm gonna delete that picture <laughs> untag them <laughs> and my journal you're not part of my my social journal you know so i'd be funny things like that but um but it is my journal i can see kind of where i'm yeah. where i've been like and i remember things pop up now like we haven't even gotten to play our golf so. Yeah. Oh my gosh, girl. <laughs> that was after post-divorce. I had like pre-divorce and post-divorce. Then I met my new husband and that just started a whole other journey. So we can, we can go on. But I, I was, well, you know what? The good, the good news is, is that you live locally to where That's I right. am. <laughs> and so I say this when I bring certain guests on, I'm like, Girl, oh my gosh. Three kids. I know. When I was about 27, 28 years old. And it's like, and that's, (laughs) that's my hardest part is being like the host of this. And especially when I sit with people like, and they do have just so many different stories. It's like, I don't want to stop you because I'm in it too. Like I'm listening, like, please tell me you got the deal with Sammy. Like, like you're just in it. I'm Sammy. Oh my gosh. Well, unfortunately, we won't be able to yeah. dive into more Fine. stories. Um, otherwise, this will be like an all day podcast. But with that said, I am 100%. I need to have you back on because you are just a woman of like, just I love your brain. I love just I love the stories, but I love like your whole spirit and just and you feel that when when you're around you and you can hear it and you're in how you share your stories. And so um, so I appreciate that, but we definitely, girl, we didn't even get to like the, the, the good stuff. Oh, you're killing me. Now, you, now you have to come back and, and it, I want the excuse to have you come back anyway. So now we're going to have like, um, episode one, a of Ingrid's story and then episode and try to like tie them together. Oh my gosh. All right. Well, and this is why I started a podcast. You need a podcast because yeah. I feel like I have so many stories. I couldn't just do one episode. Yeah, and it'll just yeah. like my story will kind of trickle as we go but yeah. there's too many things That's here too there's too many and things we'll talk off air about another really and this is what we'll ha- you'll stay here for another two hours after we stop recording which is also a thing that happens with my recordings i'm like or we start talking before we start recording and i'm yeah. like stop same talking that. save that for the podcast because these women have so much yeah. insight and so many great things to yeah. share well, and I it's think we, we learned like entrepreneurship kind of almost one-on-one oh one Basics. Oh gosh! Like, yeah. What, what are the, some of the key things you have to do to believe in yourself and like have the faith and it's believe just believe in yourself. That's, so that's that's the takeaways. That's the takeaways from from episode one A with Ingrid <laughs> is you need to believe in yourself. That is your currency, yeah. and I love that because I've never heard like explain that way yeah. and it's so, true. it's so true and it's so important for you to do that work within yourself because you can also be your own like destructive you know, and hold yourself back from really pursuing the things that you are gifted with if you second guess or if you don't work on those things and like build the confidence and stuff. And it's easy to lack confidence in entrepreneurism because you're often doing something no one else has heard of or isn't doing. And so you get a lot of naysayers, you get a lot of, so you have to have that grit within yourself and like 
confidence to be like, no, this is the, the conviction of like, this is who I am. This is what I believe and This is what I'm going to do. Oh, yeah. And that's well, how like you become kids. You know what people say to me? And it gets annoying. How do you do it? Oh, yeah. And I'm like, I just do. Yeah. Like me. Like, I do I look stressed to you? Like, you yeah. know, what I mean? like yeah. I, I just do. Like, I, I look, it's a gift. God gave me a gift. And, and I've had eight children. And that's amazing. And, you know, we, we've had our struggles and we, we have our highs and our lows, but I have them, you know. And yeah. how do I do it? I just do. Yeah. I don't just show up. It. I love that. That's also another really, really good tip. And yeah. really, like, I, like I'm like i a big believer, just, like, just show up. Like, yeah. and then you know what? At the end of the day, like, just believe you did enough today and tomorrow's right. another day. Right. And you can, you know, work on whatever you need to work on the next day. Exactly. And so just having that mentality, because I, I think at one point that was a difficult thing for me to navigate yeah. of just feeling like, like stressed and not knowing how to manage the stress and kind of navigating certain things. And then I take it to bed with me and wake up with it. And it's like, you know what? There's a solution to every problem and let's figure it out. And there's this thing that someone told me I'm an active optimist, which was like such a compliment. But the thought process of just being like, you know what? I'm going to pursue an optimistic outcome. I'm going to because it not everything always has that. So Mm -hmm. if you look at things from that lens Mm -hmm. and say, you know what? I did great today. And like my 2020 graduate. Yeah, tomorrow's I another day. Like exactly. The most amazing year. Be exactly. For that year. Exactly. You know, that's a gift that you got. Don't yeah. worry. The show up and go to the big ceremony. Big deal. You know, maybe right. like we we did other fun stuff, like unique stuff. You're part of history. Yeah. We'll do it that way. I love that. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being a guest today. Absolutely. And we're gonna we're gonna hit you back to come to come back in here, and we'll do episode one B. <laughs> for Ingrid. I'm like really for real. Like I'm really doing this because I want to hear more stories. So I hope you guys enjoyed Ingrid. She is a special friend of mine. And I just have just these incredible friendships that I have actually, a lot of them are, are newer friendships through this whole process of me moving to Texas and just connecting with these amazing people. And I think part of it, like she said in the beginning, the way that we connected was because I was out there sharing who I was and showing up as myself. And it will, when you do that, you attract other like-minded people. So don't be afraid to be yourself and put yourself out there because you'll attract some really incredible people when you do. So Ingrid is one of them. Thank you again, girl. Is there any more info? Do you want to plug real quick your business today? A little bit more information yeah, about well, that? Just, well, again, my so going from cellular to where I own a cafe today. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Let a cafe in Keller. We are looking inside the beautiful Birch um, Racket and Lawn Club. It's amazing. Um, and um, it's part of my new journey and I love it. And um, come see us. We have actually the best, I say, the best Colombian coffee, organic coffees mm. and teas in town. Um, and we're happy to to serve it up to you. Yeah, awesome. And then you're on Instagram and Facebook, Facebook yes. uh, The Athletic Cafe. Yes in Keller, Texas. So if you're local, go and check that out. And if you're not, just go and follow it. I'm sure she's probably got some some fun things that she is uh, sharing over there. And again, um, Ingrid, thank you for being a guest today. All right, y'all. Um, as always, be bold, be beautiful, be you. We will see you guys next time. Bye. Thanks for kicking it with me until the end. If this episode inspired you, share it with a friend because when we learn, we live and we can all use a pick-me-up. I would love to see if you benefited or enjoyed this episode. Use the hashtag beauty behind chaos podcast. See you next time, beauty.